Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. A microphone. Oh, and one for the Washington. You guys take such good care of me. Let's see if I can get organized real quickly. Whoo, oh, looky, I get to walk around a lot. I like to walk, and since you guys are all wrapped around, I get to put in some miles here, <laughs> saying hi to people on every side. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Whoo, yeah. I feel so full. Oh, my goodness. Uh, as we were all singing and worship together, I, I just felt the, the Father heart of God so strongly in here. And I just want to tell you all that we are well-fathered. We are, no matter what your personal other experiences are, we are well-fathered by the true and living God. He's here. Oh, my goodness. He's here. He's here because he wants to be, because he likes us. <laughs> he chose to come, chose to show up. No, I <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, I was really happy that we were singing that song. Um, be enthroned upon the praises of a thousand generations. Because as I was sitting in the office before I came in here, I just kept hearing the word generations. And I was thinking of the generations. I'm a, a grandfather, and uh, four of my grandchildren live with me in my house. Uh, one of my daughters does. Other kids live other places. Actually, last weekend, my wife and I got to go to Yosemite, where our youngest son has his first grandbaby. And he's... Uh, three months old, baby Atticus, and we got to go hiking up in Yosemite with baby Atticus in a backpack. It was way fun. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so just the whole concept of generations is really big to me. And, you know, looking around, seeing the generations in here, um, you know, he's... <laughs> uh, I've lived a lot of years... It's true. I'm 72 years old, so, so maybe there's some people here who are older than I am, but not too many. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, think about the generations and, and all of the decades that you're all living in, like, like I've gone through them. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> maybe not always well, sometimes well, sometimes not. <laughs> I've been naughty, I've been good, I've, been, I've tried to be good, and then, ha, praise God, he put his goodness in me, and that changed everything. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I've been cool, and I've been not cool, and I've tried to be cool, and <laughs> failed miserably. You know, just all the, thi all the gamut of it is fascinating to me. And so, you know, you're not going through something new, really. Now, I've never been you, 
because there's nobody like you, and you are unique. But the issues of life and the decades of life and the trials and everything, we all go through it. And this is why it's so important in the generations for us to connect with each other. Not to go, you know, oh, you're old, you don't know what I'm going through. Or you're young, you don't know what I'm going through. It's, you know, we're here for each other. And we're fathered by the living God. Oh, look, I could... <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yep. Somebody might get happy today. No. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <sighs> the Father's here. This is really amazing. You know, he's here. Paul says we, we don't look at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. The things that are seen are passing away. The things that are unseen are eternal. You know, his, his presence, his love, this kingdom. You know, I'm infatuated that I have a kingdom inside of me. I mean, does that ever blow your mind? Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things I have young people ask me all the time, I, I'm up at Bethel and I teach in the School of Supernatural Ministry. Oh, yeah. And I have one of my former, <laughs> I was going to say inmates, but it's interns. <laughs> That's what they're called. <laughs> Levi's up here with Michael. <laughs> <laughs> They're here to make me behave. <laughs> to keep me drunk while I'm being official. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I teach a lot of young people, and, and they're always asking me, you know, how do you... You know, how do you stay strong in the faith? How do you keep the joy? How do you keep hope? How do you, you know, how do you keep this all, all the time? It sounds so hard to keep it going all the time. <laughs> the good news is, <laughs> it's only hard when it's all about you. When you're trying to keep some kind of relationship with God going, it's a lot of work. But the joy is, and, and here's a verse that, you know, it's one of my favorite ones. It's Psalm 46.10. It says, be still and know that I am God. You know, and, and basically that's really only three words in the Hebrew. It's Rafa, Yada, Elohim. You know, that, that word Rafa, does Rafa sound like anything else that you've ever heard? What, what is it? Yeah, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord Healer. Well, it's actually, it's that same word, but it's just got a little bit of a, you know, something, a jot or a tittle on the end of it. <laughs> if you ever read the King James Bible. <laughs> Some people won't have any idea. <laughs> um, so, so it is Rafa, you know, the Lord, our healer. But this one, Rafa, it means, um, 
it means just quit. Just quit. Quit trying so hard. Quit trying to make it happen. Would you chill out? Just relax. Be still. Stop. Stop trying to make it happen. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to do it in your own st strength. Would you just stop? And then yada, yada is it, it's to know, but it's that experiential, intimate knowledge. You know, it, it says that Adam knew Eve, and she conceived and bore a son. You know, it's that intimate, personal knowledge. You know, just quit striving and trying to be good, to make things happen, to understand, and have an intimate, experiential knowledge of and Elohim is it's the plural majesty of the Godhead it's a plural word ha what do we know about that father son and holy spirit it's just you know in the midst of trials Jesus said in the wor world you'll have tribulations and that word for tribulation, it's actually the word for crushing out wine in a wine press, just squishing the grapes. You know, have you ever felt like you've been trampled by circumstances of the world? Um, I mean, imagine like if there was like a worldwide pandemic or something like that. You know, <laughs> could happen. <laughs> squish, squish, squish. <laughs> but he said, take courage. I've overcome the world. You know, heaven is not under pandemic. It's not on lockdown. As a matter of fact, we need to pay attention to where we are seated. If you're looking at the devil in the eye and he's freaking you out, you're in the wrong chair. Because you are seated with Christ in the heavenlies, and he is under your feet. So we've got to stop sitting down here on the earth looking at circumstances going, ah! Imagine if there was a conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, wait, which one? <laughs> you know, apart from the kingdom of heaven, everything's a conspiracy. Apart from the lordship of Jesus, it's all a conspiracy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Fix your eyes on Jesus. Yeah, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Yep, he's the way through. And I've been through all of these eras of life, and in every one, except before I knew him, <laughs> I didn't see him there. But you know what? He was there. He was wooing me before I ever knew it. And as, you, as I look back, I can see the ways he wooed me, the ways he allured me. Um, I, was a, I was wild and untamed young man. And <laughs> <laughs> doing naughty things. <laughs> but I, you know, I'd studied physics at university. I, I, I have a degree in architecture. Everywhere I looked, I saw design. 
And so as a young man in, in the wild places of Colorado, climbing mountain peaks, I just saw there is too much design. There has to be a designer, a designer of all this. Now, I'd never, uh, I, I never really knew a Christian. I'd never read the Bible. But I said, there's got to be a designer. And I said, I, I have to meet the designer of the universe. Now, I was taking psychedelic drugs at the time. <laughs> it wasn't a problem for him, but... <laughs> I actually got a cabin in the mountains of Colorado and said, I am not leaving until I meet the designer of the universe. And I spent time in, in the mountains in this cabin, and a blizzard hit. It was around Christmas time. I got snowed in. I ran out of food. My car broke down. It was a wonderful experience because God said, I've got you. You won't get away now. But he never showed up. He did, you know, weeks. Weeks went by. Where are you? How can I know you? Who's the designer? You know, and, and week after week, I had to rafa, chill out, quit. Quit the striving, quit the figuring out, quit the having to be in control, in charge, being able to you know, know it all until there was nothing left except oatmeal. <laughs> that was all I had. <laughs> no butter, no brown sugar, oatmeal. But life was getting simpler like oatmeal. And then one day this blizzard ended and I went out that night, and there were a billion stars in the sky. We're up in the mountains of Colorado where there's you know, no lights, no ambient light, and just a billion stars. And I went, oh, you designed all that. How can you even know me? Like a speck in the universes of your vastness. Who are you? And I went to bed, and I woke up in the morning, and the sun rose over new fallen snow, and it was just like blinding light outside this little tiny cabin. And, and, you know, the sun, sun was like sparkling like diamonds on the snow. And I said, how can I know you? And all of a sudden, this cabin filled with light, and it was brighter than the sun outside. And I knew it was Jesus. I, I hadn't been looking for Jesus. I'd been studying gurus and, you know, Eastern mysticism. I didn't know anything about Jesus, but I knew this is Jesus. And I knelt down and just surrendered to him. And I heard a saying. It came right inside me. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I'd never read the Bible. I didn't know that was in a book. You, you know, later, when I read the Bible, I went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> But I just surrendered my place of need. And I said, then show me the Father. And he took me on a journey into the heart of the Father, introduced me to Holy Spirit. You know, crazy encounters happened after that. Um, for five years, I lived in the mountains. For five years, I never met a Christian. Where were you guys? LAUGHTER <laughs> But I had encounters with the living God, and finally I, I met in 1977, 
This is way back in the 1900s, young people. <laughs> 1977, we met a wild bunch of Holy Ghost-filled, charismatic Catholics who met every Wednesday night in a little house in this village of 400 people in the mountains of Colorado, and they got down. <laughs> they had one, one lady on the guitar, about 20 people in a circle in this little room in a house in, in the village, and they said, oh, come on here, we're going to worship God. Now, I mean, I didn't even know what that meant. This lady starts playing on the guitar, and they start to sing. And suddenly they're singing all in different languages. And they're harmonizing in different languages. And suddenly 50 other voices that weren't there started harmonizing. My wife and I went, this is cool. <laughs> we like it. <laughs> we didn't know anything about tongues. We didn't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They led us and discipled us into all of it. But, um, you know, my encounter with God has been supernatural all the way. But, you know, um, perhaps you've heard this um, from Christian brothers or sisters, or maybe you've been that person. I don't know if I'm into that supernatural stuff. <laughs> Sorry, but the whole message is supernatural. I mean, <laughs> what was that that you said about, you know, like... <laughs> He's, it, he's eternally made you holy. Now, that is a supernatural work. That does not happen by a work of the flesh. I mean, come on. I was one way, I died, and I was born again and became a new creation. It's all supernatural. The whole gospel is a supernatural thing. So get over it. <laughs> and embrace it and watch what he'll do. Be still. Quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to make it conform to what's comfortable for you. Quit trying to be in control of your destiny. <laughs> you think you're in control of your destiny. <laughs> ha! You might just get a worldwide pandemic and then see. <laughs> just quit. Be still. And have an experiential encounter with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's got encounters designed for you every step of the way, in every era, in every decade, in every stage of my life. And, you know... All those things, like, you know, young people going to have a baby. How fun is that? <laughs> Look at you. You've got your baby. <laughs> My babies are in their 40s. <laughs> oh, and we got new babies. Um, he's got encounters for children. For infants, that's why we prayed over our little Atticus, you know, that he'd have, you know, Holy Ghost encounters. <laughs> There's Holy Ghost encounters for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's really hot up here. <laughs> Whoa. I've been thinking about portals. <laughs> I know some people think that's weird. But it's all through the Bible, and maybe your translation didn't use portals, but, but it, it's the windows of heaven, the gates of heaven, you know, the door, doors of heaven. There's an open heaven. All of that's about portals. It's about heaven being open, and it's only open because of what Jesus did. He stepped into the Jordan River as a man submitting to the fatherhood of God and became in, a, a, in alignment just with the plumb line of heaven, the heavens were ripped open. The voice of the Father poured out, You're my beloved Son in whom I delight. And the Holy Ghost came down on him. And it never says that he zipped the heavens back up again. Nope. Now we stand in Christ under that same open heaven, and we're a portal everywhere we go. He says that those who believe in me out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. I mean, think about that. That's ridiculous. But I like to. I like to go into places like Walmart <laughs> and release belly rivers. <laughs> now, the people can't see them. This, this is ridiculous, right? But you know what you can do it? <laughs> because he says it in his word. You've got Holy Ghost belly rivers of joy coming out of you. And, I mean, a place like Walmart, dude, have you ever noticed that people need some joy in Walmart? I mean, it's one of the, I, I shouldn't name that store really. But anyway, it's one of those stores that my wife likes to get stuff and I don't even like going into because it. So before I go in, I go, okay, someone's going to get happy in this place today. <laughs> because we don't come under the atmosphere of this world. We are portals into a heavenly realm, and we carry the atmosphere of heaven, and we go into places, and we release belly rivers, and the water level comes up everywhere we go, because this is an unending river. I don't know how, how does that happen. How, how does eternal life, unending rivers, come out of me? I don't know but I like to play with it because I just be still, chill out, go, I don't understand it, but I'm going to encounter it because it's in your word. I'm going to encounter belly rivers coming out and eternal life. You know, eternal life isn't just a whole bunch of time after we die. Eternal life means life without any beginning and any end. There's no beginning or end to that life that we've been given, and it comes out of us like a river, and so we can go into places, and, and this is, I oversee the healing rooms. And, and so our biggest goal in the healing rooms is not just to heal people, it's to raise up a body of people who will believe God and see miracles happen and get out of the way and just let the belly rivers come. And so we just teach them, okay, stop trying. Stop trying to make it happen. Chill out. Shut up. Actually, I had a, a great testimony. Um, last week's healing rooms, we, we get the testimony sheets of all the wonderful miracles that happened. And, and I was so proud of my team because most of the testimonies said, um, 
the person who was supposed to pray for us, they said, oh, we're not going to pray right now. Just stop. And then all of a sudden, I got whacked by God, fell out on the floor, had encounters with God, and woke up healed. Yes! Because <laughs> we've had teams that have tried to get you healed. We don't get healed by our trying. We get healed because Jesus paid an outrageous price on the cross to purchase a gift that's free for us. And this gift of healing, it's, it, you know, it's an amazing thing. It's like a, um, it's a free gift. It's a glorious gift. It's an expensive gift, but it's all wrapped up. And how many of you have somebody you know who wraps up presents like extravagantly at Christmas? I mean, the, the way it looks is like, you don't even know if you should open it. It's so impressive. Okay, sometimes that's what it looks like. It's wrapped up in this wrapping paper called mystery. And so I just give Michael this gift of healing. It's all wrapped up in mystery. <laughs> and that mystery is like, you know, why hasn't it happened before? Why I've prayed for this a million times and it's not happened, you know? <laughs> why me? Why And Michael's brain's cranking out and all the mystery in the wrapping paper but Michael it's not designed for you to ponder over the wrapping paper you know what it's designed for it's designed to rip into it go ahead and just rip it open Michael <laughs> oh and healing jumps in <laughs> ha <laughs> oh that, really that's how it happens People want to know how do people get healed? Hey, it's real. It's it's a miracle. <laughs> it's called a miracle. So we can't figure it out. It doesn't make sense. It's a miracle. It's a miracle, Elisa. It's a miracle. <laughs> and he has miracles for all of us. And we get caught up in the wrapping paper. Why me? Why this? Why this? How long? I'm not good enough. I don't have enough faith. Do I have enough faith? Maybe it's not my time. You know, all those questions, it's just, you just rip that wrapping paper. Everybody, let's do a prophetic act and just rip the wrapping paper open. Because the glory's inside. It's inside. It's been hidden for so long in mystery. Yeah. <laughs> it just got out. I heard it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm getting hotter and hotter. Maybe I'll have a drink of water. <laughs> Jesus, there's healing, just say there's healing for me today, yeah, not because of what we've done, it's all because of him, there's healing for us, we had, last week in the healing rooms, we had so many crazy healings, it happens every week, <laughs> it's really fun, do you know, last week we had, we get a tally at the end, I think it was 38 people had all pain leave their bodies, 
That's wonderful. Especially if that pain was in your body. <laughs> yeah. Woo! One gentleman, um, he was a, he works in a prison. And so he's real conscious about people around him. You know? So he's looking at this painting and he feels somebody brush by his back and he whips around. And there's nobody there. But he was smart. He went, was that you, Jesus? Suddenly he gets hit with the presence of God and starts shaking. And he, he'd suffered from severe back pain in coming to Reading to come to the healing rooms. He, you know, he had to sit for all that time, and he was just in intense pain. And all pain left his body instantly with one touch of Jesus. All he was doing was looking at a painting. Another guy had 20 years of, it was like rotator cuff, frozen shoulder, all, you know, just pain and inability to work his shoulder. He walked by and he saw another painting and it was of a, a deer, you know, with her giant antlers. Just the majesty was what the artist was calling it as he was painting this. And he walked by and got caught by that and turned his head and 20 years of pain left his shoulder. The good thing is it's easier than we thought. But we all know, we, we've all experienced and we know people who've been, you know, had long-term conditions. And we never want to belittle that, but we want to come alongside them because there's some, some key that's going to help them rip open that wrapping paper. There's no condemnation. You know, if you're not healed, <laughs> I mean, just because it's easy doesn't mean there's condemnation. What it means is we're all heal here to help somebody else receive their healing, whatever that takes. And we don't know how to do it. And this is the good news. I've had pastors and, and ministry leaders say to me, um, we're afraid of healing because we don't know how to do it. My team says, we love healing because we don't know how to do it. <laughs> if I knew how to do it, it wouldn't be a miracle. <laughs> we had, we had uh, these three witches who came to the healing rooms one time. And, and they weren't coming to curse the healing rooms. They, somebody had given them a prophetic word on the streets, and it was the most out outlandish, creative, and wonderful, and personal prophetic word they'd ever received, and it was by a Christian. And so they came to check out the healing rooms, because the person was from the healing rooms, and just see, what's this all about? And so um, as, they, as they were in worship, they had all these encounters that they told me about, because they're coming from a the point of view of a shaman which or warlock, you know, seeing things from their perspective. I loved it. It was so enlightening. So they said they're watching worship and they're seeing everybody and it was like golden orange auras coming out of people all going to some unseen source. And they felt this experiential pull that if they didn't hold on to their personal power, they would be sucked into it. So they had to hold on to their power. <laughs> you can do that if you want. <laughs> but one day you'll let go. <laughs> and so they didn't let go that day, but, um, but they, they experienced that. And they said, you know, it doesn't make sense because they're 
people are giving away all their personal power and nothing's, I, we don't see anything coming back. You know, and their whole thing is to, um, you grow through growing in your personal power. I don't want to grow in my personal power. I want to grow in the power of the Holy Ghost in me. He's way bigger than me. And so I just want to be a recipient and servant and belly river of gushing Holy Ghost life everywhere I go. And all I just get to enjoy it, what he does, and fall in love with him again and again and again. So then these, um, they came into the healing rooms, and she had a problem with her knee. And someone, I think someone just said, bam. <laughs> I think they said, bam. I think that was the prayer. And all the pain left her knee. And she said, that doesn't make sense. You know, we, we have to concentrate on the energy and channel the energy. And, you know, Christians, so many times we're trying to do the same thing. Quit trying to channel the energy of the Holy Ghost and just get wrecked. I mean, really, if... <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you don't know what drunk in the Holy Spirit's all about, you're pro how many of you have ever been offended or are offended by people getting drunk in the Holy Spirit? Yes. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not, it, you know, many of us have been drunks in the world, and it's not about that. What it is, it's about just giving it up to Holy Spirit. All the inhibitions, gone. And how many of you have ever been in love? If you're married, raise your hands. <laughs> how many of you have ever done something really stupid just out of love? <laughs> this is what risk-taking in the kingdom is. It's not me trying to work it up to try to get a miracle to go witness to this person and pray for him and, you know, all about me, 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 you know, getting the energy up. It's about me being lovesick, drunk on belly rivers of Holy Ghost, and there's somebody that God loves just right in front of me. <laughs> 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 and sometimes <laughs> sometimes he'll tell me a, a story or I'll see a little movie about this person I don't know anything about the person but out of just lovesick passion for him I'll just say hey I, I just saw a little movie with you in it could I tell you about that movie everybody wants to hear the movie they're the star of Come on. <laughs> and then I just, you know, see something that God shows me about the person, and it just goes from there. But it's out of just this, you know, drunken joy, this intoxication with the love of God. Let him love you. Be still and know the love of God, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Be still and get whacked in his love. Get overwhelmed by his love. And watch what flows out. So that's my simple message. Um, but I think that we should do some exercises. <laughs> we should try really hard. 
<laughs> I'm really sweating. Holy Ghost, you're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, so here's the key. I think I've shared this here before, but we'll share it again. <laughs> it's the same old key. <laughs> you know, the key to breakthrough in every area of life is just to recognize that he's already here. So many times we cry out, Oh, God, come, Holy Spirit, where are you? I need you, where are you? But he's here. He's already here. And how many of you are feelers? Anybody? Feelers? Okay, do you like the way it feels when Holy Spirit's moving? What's a feeling you get when the Holy Spirit's moving? Anybody? Love, warmth. Yeah, I'm really getting hot. What else? What are some other feelings you feel? What? Wind. You can get a wind of the Spirit. Butterflies. Yeah, if I'm supposed to say something, sometimes I feel all these butterflies. and go, whoa, that must be you. <laughs> what are some other? Yeah? Overwhelming joy, yes. <laughs> say that again. <laughs> Overwhelming joy. <laughs> I like overwhelming joy. <laughs> Sometimes weighted and heavy. Yeah, my eight-year-old grandson, actually, was seven at the time. He, he was in a, a kid's meeting, and he came out, and he said, Grandpa, I felt the presence of God. I went, what did it feel like? He goes, oh, it felt like, felt like heavy. And it felt like happy, and it felt like love. I went, yeah, that, I know that one. That's good. <laughs> you got it, buddy. <laughs> um, but we don't always have those feelings. I can't hear you. He causes us to rest. Is that what he said? He does. Yeah, we don't have to strive to rest. Although, you know, it does say in Hebrews, strive to enter into that rest. So that's the only kind of striving is to go, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to work really hard at letting go of everything. <laughs> Sometimes it's work letting go of everything. <laughs> yep. So... Um, you know, sometimes we see things in the spiritual realm, we sense things, we hear things, but those, that doesn't always happen. But he's always here. And, and I just want to share, this, this is the highest form of worship. This is honor of God when I recognize his presence just based on his word. God, you said you've put your Holy Spirit inside me. God, you said you'll never leave me or forsake me. God, you said I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in me. God, you said the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me and gives life to my physical body by his spirit. And when I take those words that he says and I go, 
God, I'm going to honor your presence. I'm going to recognize your presence just based on your word. That's honor. That's worshiping in spirit and in truth. It's easy to worship when we feel his presence, but when we're you know, in some situations, some circumstances, when we turn our eyes from circumstance to the truth that he says, God, you're here because you say you're here. I honor you. And, and we just begin to talk to him as if he's right here, because he is. The fact that we weren't feeling him, sensing him, seeing him, smelling him, tasting him is irrelevant. He's here because he says he's here. And when we honor him based on his word, this is true worship. And so every time we're facing an impossible situation, it could be relational dysfunction. It could be a, you know, a job situation, a worldwide pandemic. It could be a disease in front of us, a sick person that we want to see healed. It could be a disease in our own body. It could be you know, loss of job or anything. This is the prayer. Okay, everybody repeat after me. Oh, but you're here. <laughs> and it's time to close our eyes and just turn our attention to him. He's right here inside. And that's the game changer. Okay, when praying for healing, when praying for the sick, when praying for impossibilities, it's just to recognize his presence. Now, he knows what he's doing. And the, the mistake Christians make is telling him what to do. <laughs> and how to do it and when. <laughs> now, you can make your requests known to God. But then you leave them with him and you start celebrating with thanksgiving. God, you're here. God, you're here. You do wonders. Go. And, and my wife and I, our favorite prayer is, go ahead and amaze us how you do this one, God. You know, we recognize his presence. We thank him for being here, never leaving us. And then we go see that problem. <laughs> go ahead and amaze us. And then we get wrecked in his love, in his presence. We've seen more miracles of healing through turning our attention to him and resting in his presence. Because then, and, and in our healing rooms, we teach all our teams that, as soon as they recognize his presence in the face of impossibility, as you connect with his presence, then you just ask this next question. What are you saying and what are you doing? It says Jesus only did what he saw the Father do and only said what he heard him say. He was a man teaching us a pattern. And so here's an impossibility. I don't know how to do it. I've, I've seen um, five people come back from the dead. That's a miracle. I don't know how to do that. I just went, what are you doing? What are you saying, God? And he said, rebuke that. You know, he just said a bunch of stuff. And people said, was it hard? It was the easiest thing in the world because I can't do it. <laughs> ha. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's the key. You know, if you're praying for someone and they're telling you a litany of 
diseases and sicknesses and illnesses and conditions, you're really likely to come under all of that stuff and get weighted down with it. We think that it's compassion. We think that it's empathy. But that doesn't heal. The, the compassion of my heart is that I'm here to bring him to Jesus because I really care. But I, I'm not going to listen to hours of litany of problem. I've even, one woman was going there with me, and I just put my finger to her lips and went, shh. <laughs> she told me later she was so offended. <laughs> <laughs> she was um she'd been on meds she'd been chronically depressed she had had forms of psychosis and had been in a mental hospital and um bipolar and something else all the, this list of stuff and i just went shh and she was shocked and offended and i just put my hand on her head and i said we're just going to rewire your brain. <laughs> she fell out, hit the floor, and laughed for 20 minutes. <laughs> but she got up whole. While she was on the floor, she said she felt electric shocks like God was rewiring her brain. And all of a sudden, she could process, she could think. Things became clear, things that she couldn't ever process before. She suddenly could see. And she went back to her doctor. He said, you're processing. We're going to take you off meds. You know, God did it. And so listening to the litany of problems isn't the answer. Listening to the heart of God. And there's a time where we tell people, okay, shh. Okay, we're just going to wait in the presence of God. Oh, Shambhala. No, 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 no. <laughs> Zip it. <laughs> you can't receive when your mouth's going. Just ask people to just chill out. We're just going to release his presence on you. We're going to release his love on you. And as you do that, God begins to show you things, ways to pray, stuff to do. And if he doesn't, Here's the easiest thing to do. If they have cancer in their body, that's illegal. Cancer, leave this body now in the name of Jesus. You just tell it to go. You tell the bad stuff to go, whatever it is, pain, disease, sickness, tell the bad stuff to go with authority. Don't ask. Don't plead it. Don't ask Jesus to tell it to go. He told you to heal the sick. And the cool thing is he never told us how to do it. I love that. <laughs> the disciples asked him some stuff. They said, teach us how to pray, you know, how to increase our faith. When he said heal the sick, they just went out and did it. He said he gave them power and authority and sent them out. They'd watched him do it. They did it. And so... We just tell the bad stuff to go, and then we release the good stuff that comes out in belly rivers. Whatever's in you. If he lives inside of you, and there's a kingdom inside of you, there's healing, there's love, there's strength, there's power, there's prophetic words, there's who knows what else. Gifts of the Spirit. All this stuff is inside you, waiting to come out. 
And when you tell that bad stuff to go, then you want to fill them up with something and you just get in touch with him and just start letting it flow, letting the good stuff flow, pouring it out. And people, yeah, maybe that's enough. I think we should do it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, maybe we could have anybody who needs healing in their body just stand up, please, if you want to get rid of whatever's in there. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. Um, So we need some helpers. And so um, if you're standing up and you need healing in your body, uh, just raise your hand. And I'm going to invite everybody who's sitting down to be our ministry team and just pair up with somebody who's standing up. And as soon as you have a partner, you can put your hand down. Okay. And everybody sitting down, it's okay. You don't know how to do it, so we know that. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to help you, okay? So you don't have to know what to do. So don't be afraid. You Just, just say, I don't know what to do. Good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, so, so we've got, if you still need a partner, raise your hand. Okay, and people sitting down over here. Don't worry, I'm just going to tell you what to do, so you don't have to know. But people, this side's heavy on the people who can minister, and this side's heavy on those who need it. So, a few more people want to pair up with these guys? Be brave. Remember, you don't have to know what to do. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. This is why you put his Holy Spirit inside us. And if you, actually this happened in, in England, in the UK. I paired everybody up, told them what to do. People got healed. And then this one young man, an 18-year-old young man came up and it turns out that he had never been born again. But he prayed for three people and they got healed. Because <laughs> Jesus did it. And then he wanted to give his life to Jesus. How cool is that? Okay, Anthony has his hand up. Somebody want to, actually, there's four people over there. I think they're multiplying over here. There didn't used to be that many. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, if two of you have your hands up, you can pray for each other. It, that's okay. But I just want everybody here to play. I mean, psh- if you, don't, if you don't come play, you don't get to see somebody healed in front of you. And don't close your eyes when you're praying. We've had arms shoot out and bro- broken bones straightened, and the person had their eyes closed and didn't get to see it. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> okay, does everybody have a partner? Okay. Um, and if you're sitting down, you can join a team of two others and just be another person on the team and... Um, then you get to see up close when miracles happen. Okay, so um, there are two things I'd like you to do in about um, 60 seconds. Uh, I mean, that's the amount of time you have to do these two things. One, one is if you don't know the person, introduce yourself to them. And the other is the person who has a physical need, y- you get um, one sentence 
short sentence, five words, uh, to tell them what your need is. Okay, no, no diagnosis, no history, just, you know, name and condition, what you want to get out. Okay, so go, 60 seconds. Okay, time's up. Shh. Can I have your attention, please? Yes. Okay, good job. Now you know the person's name, and you know the target. That's all you have to know is the target. Okay? Um, what are we going to do next? <laughs> What's that number one key for breakthrough in every area of life? I forgot. What is it? Recognize he's here, yes. Okay, let's all turn our attention towards him right here. The person needing healing and the person healing. You can, you can close your eyes for this part if you like because people are so distracting. They're so beautiful. Oh, but you're here. God, thank you that you're here. You put your Holy Spirit within us. Thank you that you're here. Thank you. Yeah, we turn our attention to you and we want to honor your presence. We want to recognize your presence. You're always here, but somehow we don't access you when we forget to recognize you. So we want to give you the honor of recognizing that you're here, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father God. You're here right in the middle of us. You said that when two or more are gathered together in your name, you're right here. Thank you. Yeah. You said you've put your Holy Spirit right inside us. Thank you. We're temples of the Holy Spirit. Corporately, we're living stones being built up into a holy house of God by your Spirit. We just thank you and we recognize your presence, your holiness in this place. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now just ask the Holy Spirit... What are you saying and what are you doing right now? Just, just take a quick moment and ask and wait for impressions, thoughts, words. Thank you, God. Thank you. Okay. If you receive some impression from God about something he's saying you're doing, would you raise your hand? Just raise your hand, okay? So some people, yep. If you didn't, don't worry about it. We're just going to tell the bad stuff to go and release the good stuff. But while you're doing that, because you've, you've given him permission to speak to you and show you, while you're in motion and doing it, you'll get some impressions of things and just go with those. So right now, I want you to um, remember you asked the person their name. If you're like me, sometimes you forget it by the time you're ready to pray and you have to ask again. It's embarrassing, but do it. Um, so, you, so you know the, their name. So what I want you to do is I want you to look them in the eye and call them by name. Okay? 
because this is a real person. This isn't your project. It's not um, an experiment. This is a real, real person. Okay, so just look them in the eyes and call them by name. You can shake their hand. Just look them, call them by name. And then just begin to do whatever God showed you to do or just tell the bad stuff to go. Okay, go. You got about 68 seconds. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that all pain leaves, all sickness leaves. Everything changes. I like your wheelies. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. All sickness leaves, all pain leaves. Healing comes in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Now just pour a little more love in, just a little more of the goodness of God in. Just fill them right up to the ears. It's going to start coming out the ears. Belly rivers of love and joy flooding in, overflowing. It's overflowing with his love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Okay, can I have your attention, please? We're going to stop for a second. Can I have your attention, please? Okay, so now the person who received ministry, we'd like you to check out your body in any way that you can. Just, you're looking for any change or any evidence of something God's doing in you. Just move, um, I mean, some things you can't test, but uh, just become aware of anything that God is doing in you right now. Go ahead and check it out for about 30 seconds. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for breakthrough. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Can I have your attention, please? Shh. Can I have your attention? Okay. So if you experienced anything different, any change, anything different from where you were at before, would you just wave your hands in the air? We want to say, whoa, my goodness. Keep them up. Keep them up. Hey, let's give glory to God. Hey, whoa, Jesus. Thank you. Woo! All right. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, this is called breakthrough in the room. Okay, now, any breakthrough in the room is everybody's breakthrough. And that's the good news. The good news about family, about generations, about the kingdom is that, you know, like if I look at that person and go, how come they got breakthrough and I didn't? Um, that's the wrong approach. What we want to do is go, oh, I'm going to celebrate their breakthrough because their breakthrough becomes my breakthrough. It's the breakthrough of God moving in the room. So wave your hands again and let's just celebrate the breakthrough of God in the room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, who needs some more? <laughs> now, the, the good news about the kingdom is that when we see God doing anything, even the tiniest thing, we celebrate it, 
And as we connect with that tiny thing of God through celebration, we see it increase, not because we're manipulating God to do more, but because he already planned more, and we're now engaging with what he is doing, which causes us to see more of what he is doing. Does that make sense? And so there, you know, our whole walk with God is, is this constant tension between celebrating and hunger for more awe of God and recognizing what he's doing and saying, I've got to have more. You know, I recognize your presence based on your word. I love it, but I've got to have more because you promise more. You know, I've rec- I, I been praying for $10,000 and I see a dollar. Hallelujah, first of 10,000 incoming. <laughs> and I've got to have more. <laughs> you know, pain went down from a 10 to a 9.3. Hallelujah, but we've got to have more. And, and this is the constant tension of life in the kingdom is we miss it many times when we don't recognize where he starts. And so there's nothing too small. It's all God. Okay? So let's turn our attention back to him for a moment. Thank you that you're here. You're the healer and you live inside of me. You live inside of my friend. You live inside each one of us and you're here moving among us. You're the healer, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for paying such an outrageous price on the cross that by your wounds we receive healing. God, right now we're here serving our friend. Yep. To help them open that precious gift that you have for them. That gift of healing that's theirs. They didn't earn it and we didn't either. Thank you for the free gift of healing. We honor your presence in our midst. Now show us, God, again, anything you're saying and doing that we can help with. Thank you, God. Thank you. Yes. Just from this place of presence, go ahead and minister to your friend one more time. Take him further. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. More. More. Life. Death is swallowed up by life. Sickness and disease swallowed up by life. Life wins. Glorious life. Yep, we declare the life of heaven, the life of the kingdom. Eternal life, life without beginning and ending. Yep, healing balm in the place of pain. Life in the place of death. Regeneration in the place of degeneration. Yep. Every place that's broken, healed. Every place, lacking, brought up to wholeness, filled up to overflowing the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, just pour a little more love in. Whatever way that looks like to you, you can give them a hug. You can speak some really kind words over them. Yeah, just love them a little bit. Okay, what's your name? Matt. Okay, is name. 
can I have your attention for a moment? Is there anybody that um, your feet is the condition that you need healing in? Would you raise your hand if you need it in your feet? Anybody? Okay, right here. Boom. And right here. Yep. Yeah, I just had a word of knowledge about feet. And so when God speaks those words about a specific area to one of us, it's just that he, he, he sees your need and he loves you. It's just like a kiss from heaven saying, yep. I'm right here, right here to heal those feet. Thank you. Yep, healing right now. Okay, I want to ask everybody to go ahead and check out your, your condition. See if you're experiencing any kind of change. And change can be, um, it can be diminishing of symptoms, pain going down. But it also can be um, like a weighty heaviness, the glory of God, joy coming in. I mean, there are many ways he starts manifesting as he brings his healing. So we're just going to wrap this up, but let's um, go ahead and check it out and see if there's any other way that you're beginning to see him move. Okay, if you're experiencing any changes, would you wave your hands? I, I just want to see um, in this next group more, the more that's happening. Anybody? Everybody's having too much fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> Take more. More, more, more. So... Uh, can I ask you to take your seats again? I, I'm, I'm just going to, if you can go back to your seats, I'll ask one more question as we wrap it up. I think the kids are getting out of, out of their class. They'll be invading us. <laughs> okay, ju just so that we can give God glory. We just want to wrap this up with celebrating him. If you experienced any, any change or any evidence of God moving in your body, any diminishing of symptoms, or even just his presence as you're being ministered to, would you stand up and just wave your hands so we can celebrate who God is in the room? Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now as we're closing, is there anybody that you can just share a testimony from this of like the pain that went down or what happened to you? Yeah. I had, uh, I had pain in my shoulder for about three weeks. Three weeks? Yep. Constantly even sleeping and it's gone. It's what? Pain's gone. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Woo! Jesus, thank you. Thank you. All right, I, I know some of you have to go get your kids. Um, I'll. Just, um, I have some books that Penny has that she's selling. I don't know where. Oh, they're right there. Boom. You can buy them. This, <laughs> you can buy them. <laughs> you can help support my revival habit by buying my books. This one is 70 Stories of Supernatural Adventures with God, How I Met Him in 1972, and, and just stuff that, just lots of crazy adventures with God, um, Raising the dead, multiplying food, changing the weather, fun things. 
And this one is more, it's in my newest book came out just last year, and it's more how to do it. Like it's lots of miracles, but kind of how, how it all works. And so, um, did you get, do you have a copy of this book? Okay. And, and, uh, <laughs> okay, the rest of you can buy them, $15 a book back there. Uh, we're going to have a, a box right here. Don't you guys love Pastor Chuck? This, this is a, an offering box right here for him. We love to bless the people who come and travel all their way to come speak to us and minister to us. So we love you so much, Chuck. God, we just thank you. We thank you for an amazing Sunday. We thank you for family. We thank you for every miracle that happened. <laughs> we thank you that we don't know what we're doing all the time, but you do. That it's your work. Lord, I thank you, God. Just people's addictions of sin broken, people's just pains broken. Father, we thank you for doing miracles. Thank you for just thoughts that were just nasty that were happening this week. For some people in this room, you didn't even know that you needed to ask for praying for that. And they're just healed in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Amen? Amen. Offering boxes right here, guys. If you have to give online, you can do that. And then just say special giving for, for Chuck. Okay? Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life. Yeah.